Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I've been waiting to tell you something until we were recording. Oh boy. To see what you would say. Oh boy. So you know how we've been like thinking about getting another dog. Oh boy. We might end up with two. Jesus. How? I don't know. I I I don't know. (laughs) I still don't know how it'll work out. I don't know if it'll happen. But the odds are high that it'll happen. Two beagles were dumped in Independence. And they've been on a stray hold for two weeks. And we've been like watching and waiting to see if their owner would like claim them because if they weren't dumped then someone should show up but Mm -hmm. they've been on hold and no one has Mm. and they haven't been spayed or neutered so that's a sign that they probably weren't necessarily getting the care that they need Mm -hmm. so they're having surgery today and potentially we'll go see them tomorrow but they were dumped together and so like the idea of not taking both of them feels like a lot and if you see pictures that are almost positive they're siblings are they little babies little puppies they're not puppies but I don't know how old they are yet my gut is like one to two Mm. Mm -hmm. so puppy ish but not puppies they're one's 23 pounds and one's 25 pounds oh my okay all right esther's 23 if that gives you any oh okay all right she seems big bigger than 23 hmm well speaking of weight (laughs) do you know who's big enough for a booster seat now i saw you ordered one (laughs) For Penny, I just assumed that maybe she was already in one and this was just new for the new car, but has she not been in a booster before? No, she's been in her, you know, she went from her like baby holder that was right. rear facing to a convertible that was rear facing to the convertible that's forward facing. And she's been in that 
you know, I can't remember when we made that transition, but in the new car I that we finally got, y'all, I'm so excited. I love it so much. A full-on car seat puts like deep indentions in a car. It's just really big and bulky. And I was like, if I can get away with not putting a huge car seat in the new car, I'd be super happy. And so I looked up like all the laws and the regulations and everything. And she weighs enough and is tall enough, like barely, but she made it. And I was like, okay. And so we got her one and she is so much faster getting in and out of. It's so much cleaner. It's so much lighter. Like I'm loving the booster life. That's she's running because she can, you know, she's in a seatbelt, just a seatbelt. And so she can like bend down and like turn the air on and like move around and it's blowing her mind. Wild. Yeah. Apparently not that the things I know, weird things I know, the first that I'm aware of, the first backseat airbags were just patented. Wow. Like last week. So I'll be interested to see if those become required for kids because in the past they haven't included airbags because of the force right? being too strong. But I'm wondering if they're like redevelop them in a new way that they're safe for the space. So you don't fly around instead of, you know, being deployed, breaking your neck. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll be interested. Yeah, I hauled our first bags of dirt and mulch in the new car. Well, you've officially christened it then. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. We uh, we had to return some dead evergreen trees that we got from Costco. Dead evergreen. And they, uh, I wanted to return them and get the new ones before we got the new car because I'm like, let's just not put a whole bunch of like needles in the car right when we get it. And so we did all that first. And then working on the yard yesterday and I was like, well, I guess I got to go get dirt. And Okay, I guess we're doing it. But we, it has like the nice rubber mats in the front, the middle, the back, everything, everywhere except for the trunk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had a rubber mat in the trunk of my old car. And so I looked up today, like the ones that fit my car and they, they're really nice because it's like the back rubber mat. Plus it goes up against the back of the third oh, row back there. So it like protects nice. that part too, but they're not, they're like connected, but they seem. And so you can still fold the chairs. Oh, down. Good. I was just thinking that how would that uh-huh. work? Interesting. And so I think I'm going to get that just to not have to clean out the car every. You want to know the janky thing we have in the back of our car to make yeah. it work? Uh, Jared's aunt is a scrub nurse. And we have so many hospital supplies that are like, they Uh can't use it because a box was open during surgery or a date expired or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we have, it's essentially like a tarp, but it's made for surgical like things to be set on top Mm -hmm. of it. So it's Mm -hmm. not permeable at all, but I hate it because it's so ugly. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's bright blue, like mm. oh, medical yeah. blue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But 
they're the best things in the world to spray paint on just so you know yeah yeah I actually have a couple of those for spray paint I didn't even like put two and two together they're in my basement as my little drop cloths yeah they're because they're smaller Mm -hmm. so they're a lot easier to move around than tarps but Anyway, the weird things you end up with when your family's in the medical field. I saw your funny post the other day where you're like, does anyone have a bread maker they just want to give me? Oh, I instantly, instantly got, I got (laughs) feedback. I somehow, well, I never stopped making sourdough bread circa 2020. Like I Mm -hmm. started it. I still have my starter. I still make bread. The frequency in which I make bread has gone down significantly, but Jared has been on a sandwich kick to say the least. He loves sandwiches. Once now, the part that's gross to me is he either wants a peanut butter and jelly, which I'm here for, or a bologna sandwich. Gross. I'm just like, no, no. And so I've been buying bread, which I have no problem buying it, but I'm like, it's just like the generic cheapest loaf Mm -hmm. of bread you can get. And I was like, I feel like a good loaf of like sandwich bread would be nice. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of over the idea of making, because it's a whole day process to make a loaf or two of bread. And I kept seeing bread makers on my TikTok page and I was like, someone's gotta have one. And so I just posted last night and I was like, who wants to give me or sell me for cheap the bread maker that's just like sitting in your closet? Mm-hmm. And then my friend Jamie said, you can have mine. She's never used it. Great. She's been sitting in her kitchen for a couple of years. Love Perfect. it. I was like, you can have it back anytime. Yeah. Or you can come make bread at my house. Well, I feel like you should put it. I feel like you need to. Okay, so <laughs> I can get one because I also love a bread maker, but you should also make me bread before I come out to your house. When do you get it? It depends on how, how much yeah. I hound her. Yeah. She's very close by. So I, I can just like be like, just make that happen. You coming over for dinner or what? Make me, <laughs> make me some bread by Friday. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Cause some of them take her like three. It's still like a long process. You yeah. Just have to you, baby it. Hands off. Right. Yeah. I had one growing up. My dad used it all the time and made all of the bread. Yeah. We had one. I felt like we used it pretty religiously for like at least a year. And then Mm -hmm. it kind of disappeared into the basement abyss at some point. Of appliances. Yeah. I do feel like I would use mine, but I just don't want one more appliance. You don't really have a good... Not that I have a good space for it either. Like I'm at the point where I'm kind of like at max capacity unless I rearrange some things, but I don't necessarily need two instant pots like mm-hmm. readily in sure. reach. So I can. Yeah, I give you. I gave you mine, right? Because I yeah. never used ours. I just don't. I don't. I don't like get them. it. I don't know why you don't use it. I made shredded chicken yesterday. I don't like the chicken. Two days ago, it tastes weird to me. I just put it in a Dutch oven and call it good. It just takes so much longer, but okay. I get you. <laughs> it's fine. Pressure cooking is different. I have two Dutch ovens. I could do more. I love Dutch ovens. They're my favorite. I mean, Dutch ovens are amazing. I make bread in my Dutch oven all the mm-hmm. time. I probably use that more for bread than I do anything else because it's just heavy. Oh, I'm also I got, just the, not- al- I got the always pan Dutch oven. Oh. So do they, they have, make it? Is it taller? Pot. Yeah. And one of the things that that brand is known for is all of their stuff is super lightweight mm. because I have the wrist strength of an infant. Mm-hmm. And so I need light things. And I've got their pot last year for Christmas 
game changer. It's so lightweight. But you don't necessarily want your Dutch oven to be light. Like there's, I mean, it depends on what you're making. Like if you're mm-hmm. making soup, that's one thing. But like for like bread making and stuff, you really want like a, a heavy bottom pot. But anyway, I mean, I still I think get- you make bread in this one. But I also have a very shallow, big round cast iron that I love, and it's so heavy, it's so heavy. But I like making all the baked things in that. Yeah, there's so many options. So I could good. I could talk about food. Mm-hmm. All day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but instead, maybe we should talk about instead, something else. We're going to be talking about <laughs> other ways that you can spend your time. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're not making bread or uh-huh. buying car seats, uh-huh. you can be <laughs> doing the things that are going to be the most productive for your business. You know, I think what this comes back to before we totally dive in, but how long before... Like how many years? Because that lets me be true about this. How many years do you feel like we were in business before you understood your role as like a leader and a CEO of this company was different from your job? Okay. How long did it take me to understand that? Because I still don't have it figured out. <laughs> Those are two different questions. Okay. What year is it? <laughs> 2022. I, I have probably truly only understood this for a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. No, that seems truly understood it. I knew it as a concept. I knew other people said it. I knew other people knew, or maybe they thought they knew how they should be spending their time as soon as they were like growing a team and here's your CEO time. Here's your manager time. Here's your doer time, whatever. I understood it as a concept. I didn't understand how it actually would work for me probably in the last like year and a half. Yeah. I'm still still figuring it out. No, I, and I think the unique part about it is we've always, because we co-own and co-founded the business, I also feel like the roles of the CEO specifically, we've also split up. And so like, there's parts of it that I feel like I do more and parts of it that I feel like you do more. And in some ways, a lot of that's been unspoken. It's just sort of how things settled out. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it fully clicked for me that this was the part that was leading the company. I just Mm -hmm. knew they were things I had to do. I didn't like articulate that they were CEO CEO duties or like leadership duties. Well, and I think the thing, and we've had this discussion so many times with people, especially recently, but we said it first. And I have the podcast to prove it. (laughs) And the only reason why we learned this mistake before we made it or before other people were making it or we knew it was a mistake when other people were making this mistake is because there are two of us. So like, it's not because we're just like so business brilliant or we know everything before everyone else about who to hire and who not to hire, but because there are two technically CEOs, two founders here within our company, we didn't hire what a lot of people call as an integrator. Right. And we did not look for that person. We didn't need that person. We had two people who were literally equally invested in the success of this company, which doesn't happen. (laughs) And so we weren't seeking that type of person. However, if you do not have that person, the number one 
detrimental mistake a lot of people make are if they are a solo CEO, they are a solo founder, is they look for someone who like what we have in each other and they call that role an integrator and they offload so many tasks that are actually supposed to be in your wheelhouse as the CEO and founder and things go awry. Yeah, because the things we're going to jump into are the things you should never delegate. They're the things you should always own as the leader of your company. Mm -hmm. And while you may over time grow your team and even your leadership team where you start to have maybe advisors in certain areas, you still ultimately have to have a pulse on all these things and understand them, even if you're not the one like gathering all the data to make the decision. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think we're we're just now dipping our toes into we no longer are the full driver of all the information we're gathering as a company. Mm-hmm. And I would say up until even six or eight months ago, we still were. Yeah. And so it's just now been recently where I'm like, can someone tell me XYZ thing? Mm-hmm. And they're they're grabbing the information, they're aggregating it. And then we're making decisions based on the information that's been put together. Yeah. Well, and I think this right here is the balance that we're still figuring out. What does it look like? What does it mean? You know, we have, as our team has evolved over the years, we have gone on both ends of the spectrum of sharing way too much, like details, transparency behind the scenes with people who just like weren't in the right position, didn't have the right buy-in. And it created a result that we were not looking for. Mm -hmm. We also pulled back so drastically and kept everything buttoned up just between me and Abby. And that didn't provide the result that we were looking for. And so we are still in the balance of like, Well, because also for the first time ever, we have a leadership team Mm -hmm. and then associates and then us, right? Associates, leadership, us. And so for the first time ever, we're trying to loop people into higher level conversations and decision-making and getting buy-in and getting opinions and getting what's your idea on what this could look like. But ultimately at the end of the day, like Abby and I are still the driving factors of this is what the company is doing. Here's our goal. Here's our mission. Here's our purpose. And here's like overall, like the direction of the ship that we're going to go in as things kind of trickle in and into different departments, there's definitely more opportunity for creatively. How does that happen? But here's Mm -hmm. what needs to happen. Right. Right. I like to think of it as like, driving or being the captain or like mm-hmm. being the pilot, like you're, you're leading the way and you have your crew that helps make it happen. And, and so the interesting thing is I've written down everything I do as the CFO many times, mostly to get a pulse on what do I still have on my plate? Is there anything now that I have a team of leadership below me? Mm -hmm. Like, is there anything I haven't delegated yet that I really need to work on? Or do I need to train someone in a certain area? Or is there things I'm still holding on to that are ultimately being a bottleneck because I don't necessarily need to own that decision Mm -hmm. anymore? And it's getting to the point where there's there's only a couple of areas that I'm still holding on to it. And it's, it's literally from like, 
a lack of like, we just don't have a team member in that space. But Mm -hmm. like, we know who they're going to be and kind of a timeline for when they're going to be. And so as I've kind of moved more into like, no, I'm like pretty much sitting in my role in C-suite and like know what I need to be focused on. I get weird sometimes of like, is this what I'm even supposed to be doing? And I feel like this helped reinforce for me where Mm -hmm. I'm sitting and what I'm doing. And so I think to put some words to it, the first kind of area of focus that you need to have as the owner and CEO is understanding and being able to articulate where the business is today and where you're going. What is the vision? What should the future look like? And Emily and I have talked about the her and I tend to be thinking in advance, but we've struggled in the past because you still have to operate the business today. Yep. And we are in the place where I think both her and I both have someone directly under us that can think about today and next week. And we're already thinking about six months or a year from now. Yep. And not that we won't like jump back into today and like do a few tasks here and there, but we get to stay future focused a lot more. Whereas yes. before it was like, we do a couple few- hours during this conversation, right? <laughs> like we plan for it. And then we'd have to go back to doing all the day to day operations that we couldn't necessarily stay in that zone. But I think now that you and I've both been able to stay there longer, I think we're noticing things further in advance. Or even just like tackling things further in advance than we maybe would have in the past either yeah. put off or said, I literally don't have time to like uh-huh. even think about this direction right now. But this this takes into account like not just what your goals are financially, but like what is your actual financial position? Like how are you structuring the business? Who's on your crew? Who's on your team? Who's helping you get there? And what are the things you're selling? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. how are you going to make that money? How are you going to make the money? And what does that mean today? And what does that mean five years from now? Like, is the product you're selling actually viable long term? And do you need to be making changes over time to make it viable? Or do you need to be coming up with another plan? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how does that fit in with the goals you've already set? I think it's been interesting because it's easy to think that you're just constantly changing direction, but that's not necessarily what's happening. You're navigating like you Mm -hmm. literally like that's just part of it. You don't see an obstacle ahead until you get to a certain point. And then you have to do with what that obstacle is put in front of you. You have to do something about it. And If you just keep always going forward with the original plan in place, you're going to run into things that you knew were coming and you didn't do anything about it. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. 
including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, I think one of the best ways that we filter this and and I think is the actual driver behind someone hiring an integrator or wanting someone to do this with them, but you can literally do this by yourself. I think you just kind of have to like Jekyll and hide yourself a little bit, like truly, because there's one half of this conversation that's very logical facts focused. Where are you at financially? What are your goals? How are you going to get there? Like literally, what is the recipe for how that's going to happen? But the other side of this is the, what are the non-negotiables on what life looks like on how you get there? What are you willing to do to make it happen? And what are you not willing to do to make it happen? What do you want to do versus what do you want your team to do? What do you want? Like, I don't say, I don't want to say culture because that's not actually what I mean, but like, what do you want the feeling of your business to feel like? You know, there are, there are businesses, regardless how big or small or how they serve or how they sell, that feel fast-paced and innovative and constantly pivoting and something new is on the horizon. Those are great. There are businesses who 
move like molasses and who are around forever and who are very consistent and standardized. And those businesses are great. Like literally, how do you want it to feel not just in your seat, but for your team members as well. Mm -hmm. And that also helps guide some of those decisions. Yeah. I think it really puts into perspective how you need to be showing up and what your expectations look like and how to work backwards. I think so much of this is working Mm -hmm. backwards not only from the logical standpoint and the framework standpoint, but the art and nuance of it. Like if you want it to feel easy, then your Mm -hmm. timelines might have to be longer or you might have to do things more in phases rather than all at once. You might have smaller goals and objectives that you hit along the way rather Mm -hmm. than some big pie in the sky goal that you strive towards full force. And Because essentially you can end up in the same place, Mm -hmm. but how you feel and how you get there can change. One of the things that I recently heard, I'm sure it was on a TikTok video, if I'm being completely honest, (laughs) (laughs) that really like put in perspective for me in terms of like how you show up, like what are the things you want because you want them, not because society deems them Mm -hmm. as what you should want in X point in your life or an X point in your career. Like, do you actually want to fucking write a book or do you care less? And you just have been told that that at some point when you get successful enough, that that's what you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing. And And I'm not saying any one thing about writing a book, but the point is like, is there things about the way you're operating that you're doing it from a place of some sort of societal obligation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you need to be like, no, like I have someone I was talking to the other day. She's like, I'm taking off the whole month of July. And when I come back, I want to work one day a week. And I was like, like, that's a lot. And, Mm -hmm. but also amazing. So Mm -hmm. like, if you want to figure out how to make that work, then you're going to have to, I mean, there's a lot of things to go into something like that. Mm-hmm. But who am I to judge how you show up and how right. you want to be inside your business? Like it's well, not and that kind of segues into the other, the second point here of really, truly not just identifying the obstacles that are going to pop up as you progress toward that goal, but the like, if your thing is a big, I'm taking a month off and wanting to go to one day a week, that is an obstacle. Like choosing deliberately to spend less time in your business is creating an obstacle. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad one. No, that, it's just a fact. <laughs> and yeah. Our weeks are not set up like that. Productivity is not set up like that. Most teams are not set up like that. So there are going to be obstacles because you choose that, which is fine, but you just have to be the CEO, predict how to navigate those obstacles and be willing to be nimble as you actually live through them. I think a big key part of this is really understanding your priorities and you can understand your priorities from all sorts of standpoints. You can understand your priorities from a financial standpoint, like what is getting you the best ROI? Mm -hmm. What is leading to the most income for your company? What is the thing that is like, if you paid more attention to it, (laughs) it is (laughs) going to result in more for your business. But you can also look at it from your life standpoint, like what is taking you the least amount of time? What is the parts that you want to let go so that you can focus on other things? Yep. 
what are your life priorities in balance with your business priorities? And like, how does that all work together? And a lot of this is, it's sort of the mapping it out. If it's like where you're going, this is the how you get there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. understanding what's going to potentially come up. Because I think it's really easy, especially when you're starting your business to make the like picture perfect version of the plan Mm -hmm. that isn't really setting the tone for based on what do you actually have going on in your life? Like, Mm -hmm. do you really have two weeks to sit down and do nothing else except this one thing? Or are you having 75 other things going on? Are you taking time off? And so like, you really shouldn't even start this project until you come back or like, what about your life or circumstances are you just ignoring and that you need to actually include as part of the plan? Yep. And I also think some of this is when you're looking at obstacles, it's really starting to understand more about your industry Mm -hmm. and how the industry is working and how the industry is progressing, not just from, a sales standpoint, but how is marketing working for a variety of people? How is selling working for a variety of people? What is the buying behavior of your ideal client? How is that growing and changing? And to say that the economy doesn't have a direct effect on how you do business is just being ignorant about it. Mm -hmm. And so like, there are some of you that when the economy dips, your business might actually grow because mm-hmm. you're you're a more core part of someone's life, which is amazing. But for some of you, if it dipped a certain way, you could be in real trouble. And so what does it look like to be prepared and have yeah. a readiness within your business? Well, and that kind of segues right into the next point of, and you mentioned this kind of at the beginning of like the trick of being a CEO who's also doing some of the day-to-day because we're not saying that the things that we're talking about are the only things that you get to do. We are small businesses here. We wear multiple hats. That is perfectly okay. And how do you plan for the future while also staying afloat today? And part of that is figuring out how to spread out the resources that your team has, that you have, the different skill sets that are within your team, who should be doing what in order to maintain while you also help your company grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is understanding how people tick, how people Mm -hmm. work best, how people thrive, what kind of feedback they need to grow their skill set. How do you keep your team motivated? How do you keep your team inspired? It's also simple things like literally automations and tech and software that can help ease up time, making sure that you have the right roles, the right job descriptions for those roles so people know what they're actually supposed to be doing and communicating what are top priorities, what is your focus, what do you need to be doing. It's not about handholding, it's not about micromanaging, but it's about making sure that your team is actually set up to succeed. I think the setup to succeed is the big part here. Cause like, think of how many times if you have any work history at all, I don't care if it's directly related to your profession now or not. Like you could have worked at American Eagle or a fast food joint, but like how many times did a boss swoop in and say, this is what we're doing. And then you look at them like, are you blank serious? Because <laughs> 
how in the world are we going to even prioritize that with all of these other things going on? Mm-hmm. Like you really have to be sitting in your team's shoes for a second. Yeah. And it's like, if you're expecting them to completely clear their calendar and focus on something else, how are you helping them clear their calendar? How are you like, helping them? You're do not, that? Yeah. you don't just get to say, Oh, well, you're going to work overtime and make it work. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, technically you can, I guess, but like, what are you going to do to really provide the environment for them to thrive? Mm-hmm. And I think some of this comes down to understanding how they work, creating feedback loops, whether that be with software or with people. And then creating the actual trainings they need so they can continue to grow and thrive in their role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's you taking the time to dig more into what does leadership actually look like, even if you are the only one sitting on leadership right now. But your role shifts a lot as you're growing a team to spend a lot of time like creating the environment that you want your people to be able to be happy that they're coming to work in, be able to do their best work, to be able to nurture and develop these people as humans, both professionally and personally, knowing that all of that like interconnects into you reaching the goals that you're also setting. Yes. Which I think is a really good point to lead into the next thing, which is really about creating that training environment for your A players to continue to really shine and continue to grow and have skill development and career development. Mm Because I know when we've talked about on the show before, when you hire someone, you should really have three to five title options for them to see them continue to grow. But what I don't see is, okay, maybe you hired someone at the right point and then you just let them do their job and you kind of like leave them on an island. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, for them to advance, they also have to grow. And so you can give them personal development opportunities, but how are you helping them hone their skills? How are you giving them conversations to, to stretch themselves or projects to stretch themselves? Even giving them environments where failing can't really hurt the business. Yeah. Like I think about some of our test projects and special projects where, you know, they may not be the best presenter, but they're mm-hmm. getting to practice presentation skills by doing the project. And it's not going to hurt them because they're doing it in front of the team that, mm-hmm. you know, it gives them opportunities to feel good and get positive feedback yeah. and and really continue to improve. I think one of the things that I wish people thought about more often, and I saw this pop up a lot when we did a training with our clients recently, I think you maybe think about the trainings and the onboarding and the here's how to do the job that I'm hiring you for. And then you kind of just like forget that this person still doesn't know everything or that they're also a human and that they need to be connected to on an actual personal human to human level. And the amount of people who I hear about who are not doing regular check-ins with their team, literally just conversations to check in on how are you doing as a person, especially for how many teams are remote and virtual these days, like that I feel like is even more a priority than I want to get you trained up and super skilled in this role. You have to also balance the like actual check-in for them as a person. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Them as a, I think the, the key here is the one-on-one meetings. You know, I remember maybe like three (laughs) in my entire career before I started my company where I I really felt like my boss was sitting me down and listening to me and hearing about my goals and hearing about the ways I wanted to grow. And the follow-up and follow-through after the fact was just shit. Mm -hmm. And so like, how can you not do that? (laughs) Don't say you care and then not care. Right. You have to continue to show up for them to the point where some like, I feel like if you're doing a good job here, you will have people on your team being like, I don't actually even know. I haven't even figured out what's next for me because I just feel like you keep pouring into me and like Mm -hmm. I keep doing the things and stretching myself and the things outside. Now I'm starting to imagine Mm -hmm. like they're like because I think most of the time people come in and they can see a path of things they need to learn, things they're they're not fully trained on and and they feel like a lack. But if you can get them to the point where they're starting to dream about their future and like yeah. really consider ways that they haven't thought about growing themselves before, I think it's really incredible. I, I've seen people step up in really fun and unique ways. I've seen people take on projects that they otherwise wouldn't have because it wasn't necessarily totally tied to their position. But as Emily reminded you earlier, you're running a small business. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot be treating people's roles. Like you have 200 people to like Mm -hmm. fully divvy tasks out on. Sometimes the things you have someone do are a little goofy Mm -hmm. because they don't totally align with the position you hired them for. But that's just part of making a small business work. Well, and I think that's the reason why when you go back to the beginning of sharing your goals and why you want to get there, and it can look different on how we get here, but here's where I want to end up and here's how I want it to feel while we're doing it. I think it leads to more autonomy for your team members to be like, if that's how we want to feel and how we want to get there in the end result, here's now an opportunity that I see of something that I can do that can help us get there. Yeah. You you give them the opportunity and then, which leads us to the next time, you build the structure to help them succeed. We talked about having process in place, but also like, how do you operate internally? How does communication work? What is your actual organizational chart like? And how, how many does- times do you think we've changed our org chart in the, in the past two years? <laughs> 20, 30 mm-hmm. times. I don't mm-hmm. like a lot. Like, mm-hmm. And not to the point where I don't want to change the work chart so much that someone is feeling like they're being bounced around between managers, because that's not at all what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is really thinking through the structure as you grow and try, like, for some of you, that might mean a restructure initially so Mm -hmm. that you can get things more in alignment with the future. But after you get on the other side of that, how do you continue to hone the right roles and make them make it focused on the things you want to do and have them move forward in? Because if you have the structure, if you have the organization, I think that leads to our last point, which is all around the healthy culture. With, without the structure, the, the healthy culture isn't even viable because if you don't mm-hmm. have proper 
management channels, like performance reviews, who's checking in with who and all of those things, then the healthy culture isn't even possible because you need the structure to add the culture on top of, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that having a healthy team culture right now these days is only looked at in the sense of who's on your team and like diversifying who's on your team and making sure that like you like you're getting good opinions and skill sets and you're like you're trying new people on for size. And I think that the biggest part of culture that people don't pay attention to because it's the unsexy version of culture, but it has such a bigger impact than you think. It is the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Feedback loops, communication styles and standards, expectations for projects, deadlines, communications, time off, like conversations, feedback, critiques, like literally everything. Having easy access for your team members to understand what your team is about, what the policies are, what the expectations are. All of that behind the scenes structure and taking the time to set that stuff up aids way more into everyone driving, like way more than you think. And I remember when Abby and I were first learning about the behind the scenes stuff, like some of the stuff I just rattled off, we literally booked an Airbnb weekend away to make it happen because it was a priority for us. And we knew it would take longer than just like an hour Zoom conversation with each other to map out. And we wanted to do it right, be on the same page, and really like dig past the surface level of here's what we say that we want. Okay, well, what does that mean? What does it not mean? What does it look like? <laughs> well, and I, the part I want you to notice is this is really nuanced stuff. Like this is the kind of stuff where you may spend more time thinking than mm-hmm. doing anything. Yep. And that is a mind, mind junk yep. recipe waiting to happen because if you're leading the company, you're going to be so used to doing the work and the doing the work is still a vital part of what you're doing. But I, I don't think people understand until they're fully in this role, the mental labor that it takes to do this do it well and like stay on top of it. Cause you can do it for a weekend and then ignore it exists for months, but that only works to a certain point. Like if you mm-hmm. want to keep growing and you want to keep creating an environment for people to thrive, you're going to have to be making nuanced changes frequently and pivoting frequently. And even if it's just a minor thing, it's still something you have to stay on top of. And so these are things Emily and I are checking in and in on like every couple of days. Yeah. Um, and I used to think, is it weird that we're just like, quote unquote, having a conversation? Like mm-hmm. we're not necessarily outlining something or writing something or putting something out into the world, but so much of it has developed from having a thorough conversation about where we're going and how we're going to get there and what does it look like and how do you create the healthy environment for everyone to thrive along the way. And I wouldn't have known that's what it meant, but it's my favorite part of my job. Like, And so I'm like, if that's what it really looks like to be the leader of this company, then I will continue to develop people to own other areas of the business so I can do what I do best, which I think is really aiding in this conversation. Yeah. And I love that I get to do it with you, but mm-hmm. 
that's just male <laughs> bias. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're curious more of like, what does it look like to really sit in this seat? How do you properly delegate? How do you create the structure? If any of that came up for you, then the incubator may very well be the next step you need to take inside of your business. I encourage you to reach out to us on Instagram at Boss Project and we'll have a conversation. But this is the kind of things we're talking about behind the scenes with our clients. And we'd love to have this conversation with you too. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.